Uh, hey, Sturf, uh, what are you doing? Oh, hello, Bello. I'm just making an Easter basket, filling it with lots of treats and goodies for our fans, you see. Don't you usually put, like, I don't know, jelly beans and chocolates in those? <laughs> Bello, don't be so pedestrian. Our fans are individuals with refined taste. We've got to measure up. I don't know, Stir Fry. That's a lot of hooves to put in an Easter basket. And all these thorns? Thorns are herb, Cordelia. Thorns are herb. You don't need to worry about wowing people with your Easter basket. But why, Cordelia? Don't be a fool, Stir Fry. You know good and well our fans will be swept away in joy and ecstasy after our in-person live show the night before. <laughs> live show? Oh, you mean rude tales of magic, Lent Enders. Yes, it's Saturday, March 30th. Right, right, right. And we're doing it in some back alley in some nameless old town? No, Sturf. We're doing it at the Bell House, right in the heart of Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, of course. Now I remember. Real Tales of Magic, Lent Enders. Live at the Bell House on Saturday, March 30th. Doors at 6.30, show at 7. And tickets are on sale now. I just bought mine at RealTalesOfMagic.com. <laughs> this is fantastic. And you know what? I'm still going to add a few tumbleweeds to my Easter basket just to spruce it up. Mm, those freaks will love it. You heard right, Credens. The Class Dismiss Gang returns to the stage in an all-new live show. That's Rude Tales of Magic, Lent Enders, live at the Bell House in Brooklyn, Saturday, March 30th, 7 p.m. Buy your tickets today or be tortured to death. Tactician's Log. Space date. Four zero seven zero four three seven dot Z. You know, Log. Sometimes the requirement to fill you up with observations and musings can grow a little tedious. But I shall do my duty to speak aloud the events of the day as required by Vanguard protocol. Here it is. Today was completely uneventful. To future historians or court-martial prosecutors reviewing this record, it was Wednesday. I woke up, reported to the bridge, stared at the slowly passing infinity of stars in vacuum of space, and then I ate some water, synthetic sunshine, <laughs> and french fries for supper. Not much else to report. I can feel my petals beginning to close, and must be off for a surely uneventful night of the, um, the, uh, the other half of the circadian cycle. I forget what it's called in man's speech. Bye! Begonia gets up from his computer terminal and walks over to his flower pot, ready to settle in for a peaceful, soily night. He yawns. Yes, in the world of these, those stars of space, the flower people yawn. <sighs> but Begonia should have known that on the CSS Cavalier, no Wednesday is just a Wednesday, because at any moment, a life-changing adventure could appear. Like it does for Begonia right now as a time portal opens in his quarters. <gasps> what the hell is this? Who steps through? An alluring young woman is before you. She's got a long blonde ponytail cascading down her long neck with a smudge of metallic blue paint across her big blue eyes and her little rosebud of a mouth. She is dressed head to toe in a ravishing silver number, cinched at the waist and flared out into metallic pantaloons. Her feet are even smaller than you remember. And sugar, you do remember them. 
This is the artist formerly known as Vestavia Freud Casket Showroom, but you can call her they. And right behind her is an enormous slab of man, cut from the finest muscle humanity has to offer. He has a large lantern jaw and an eye patch covering one of his eyes, as well as a stark white mullet of incredible hair. Both of his arms are metal, which you can clearly see, because he wears a sleeveless black shirt, not unlike Snake Plissken from Escape from New York and also L.A. But that's not Snake Plissken you're looking at, no, it's Oberon Coaxial. Oh, Begonia, thank goodness it's you. That's exactly where I wanted us to land. What's the meaning of this? What's going on? There's no time to explain. Begonia, come with us if you want to live. Or rather, if you want the future itself to live. Y- yes, yes, I'd like both. Vestavia, I was wondering why I hadn't seen you around the, uh, the, the various decks recently. Did you go to the future? I did, yes I did indeed. I followed a man, how typical. But I will tell you, I am not going by that name any longer. I am simply V, V Freud. Ah, is it because in the future there isn't enough room for all the various other letters that might go to name? You have the right of it, yes. We're so packed to the gills in the future. Won't you come with us now? But why me? Why would I have to go to the future? Begonia, it's not you. It's your offspring. (gasps) All right, well then, let's get going. And with that, these three adventurers step back into the time portal. With a flash, it closes. All is still in Begonia's quarters. And then, the drawer of his dresser pops open. (laughs) Hello? 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 Boboli, a small Italian space urchin with skin-like ridged pasta crawls out of Begonia's dresser and begins pasting Begonia's fallen flower petals to her face. Space. What endless mystery. Look at it. Wow. Who do dare uncover its secrets? The brave crew of the starship Cavalier do dare to scout the heavens, to see some moons, to take a dangerous galaxy trip. This is the true story of them that voyage among, oh, these, those stars of space. Tonight's episode is Sown the Future Starring Christopher Hastings as Begonia Blood Terror Carly Minardo as V Branson Reese as Oberon Coaxial and Joe Lepore as everything and everyone else
we fade now to the grimy neon alleys of a dark, dystopian city. It's as hot and humid as a bathroom where you've been running the shower as hot as possible. Where is this muggy hell town? Well, would you believe it? You're in Ice City, Antarctica. <laughs> it's the future's future. And what can I tell you? Things are strange here. This city is grime caked and industrial, and yet creeping vines seem to snake everywhere. A familiar time portal crackles open, and out from it steps Begonia, V, and Oberon Coaxial. Step lively and watch those steps. Future dangers lurk behind every corner. Why, we have mosquitoes here the size of helicopters. Helicopters the size of clouds, and clouds the shape of guns. <laughs> My god. Well, I'll keep an eye open. Don't mind the climate, though. And uh, Begonia stretches out his leaves to soak up the ambient moisture. V slaps his leaves closed. Be careful. Bah! We brought you here because of a fungus infection, and we don't want you getting funged. That's right. It's been nothing but bad news here in the future of the future. Why, if only... And a newspaper flies uh, on the humid breeze and it hits me in the face. Bing Crosby's horse finally comes in. <laughs> finally, some good news in the future's future. But not enough of it. Yes, now, Begonia, I regret to inform you that we believe your son, Dandelion, quote, Dandy Blood Terror, has been infected by a fungus that has completely suppressed his capacity for compassion and empathy towards animals. Tomorrow, he plans to release a bomb in the atmosphere that will release an aerosol. Once that enters the Earth's air supply, it will make the planet uninhabitable to any form of life not made of plant cells. It will kill 10 billion people and countless more fish. I have a son? Begonia, like, kind of heard all the rest of it. Um, yes, you, yes, you have a son. One that we know of. Um, it's not good news for us. However, I do have good news, which is, in fact, V grabs that newspaper out of Oberon's hands and turns it over, looking below the fold to a headline that reads, Blood Terror's Reign, Soldiers On. <laughs> so this is under the headline, uh, yeah, 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 Bing yeah, Crosby's yeah, yeah, horse yeah, yeah. finally comes in. V folds up the newspaper and tucks it into uh, a previously invisible pocket. And she says, now the reason we brought you here to this dump is because there's a man being held in a maximum security prison called the Ice House. And he's got a formula for the pesticide that'll kill that fungus. If we break in there and get him out, we can save your son and, you know, the planet. Once we get that, we think that you, as his father, can gain access to King Dandy to deliver the cure. So what do you think? I'll do anything, of course, if my son's got a, a fungal infection. I have to I have to help however it can be, and if it turns out we save uh, human lives as well, then uh, terrific. I have nursed frog level through many a fungal infection, and I can tell you it puts a real strain on even the closest of familial relationships. All right, well then, let's go break that scientist out. Not so fast. We can't have another plant man clambering around here while your son is wreaking havoc. We gotta get you a disguise. Luckily, due to the rampant future tech, there's no shortage of ways to disguise you. I was thinking perhaps a digital disguise. 
A digital disguise. That's right, a digital disguise. I think I know just the place. Come with me. I run down the alley. <laughs> My baby loves chopping, and he knows how much I love it, too. Oh, you're a couple. Oh, yes. We are finally referring to ourselves as a couple. As you know, I take courtship very seriously, and I did not want to put the gas pedal all the way to the bottom of the car on this one, so we only just agreed to talk about moving in together. I appear right behind you. It's unclear what path I was... I was running away from you, and I appear right behind you again, and I say, It's true. She's gone extremely slowly. Slower than I might have anticipated when I began our courtship. But what the lady wants, the lady gets. This conversation will have to pause, though. You hear the marching footsteps of what can only be an angiosperm patrol down these very streets. You duck into the alley and watch as four lilac guards lead a gang of imprisoned humans down the street. Each of the guards carries a big vaser rifle and a look of murder in his eyes. God, those damn angiosperm. They're always leading prisoners to and fro. Sometimes it's to the prison, sometimes from. You never can depend on the direction they're going. We gotta get you disguised up quick. Come on, honey, take us over to your- Here in the safe house, and I kick open a grate on the wall. <laughs> Climb with me through these futuristic air vents. The Savia climbs up into the air vent, and then a little set of, like, skateboard wheels pops out of the torso of her dress, and she rolls on her belly down the vents. <laughs> That's my bow. You've heard of Heelys, but V's got bellies? <laughs> <laughs> Bay caught me rolling. Let's go, Begonia. Begonia enters and, and moves through the vent, uh moving his roots like the, uh, the limbs of an octopus. Be careful, Begonia. Be on the lookout for sentient slime molds. They're alive in the distant future, and they're nasty. They tell wretched little jokes. Whee! As Begonia enters the tube, he looks back at the, the patrol and thinks, My son, my son did all this. A planet where angiosperms rule. Hmm. All right, Begonia, you can't help but notice that the guards are wearing very smart uniforms. Ooh, that's a tight look. It's a tight look. <laughs> All right, well, off to join the rebellion. After climbing through a labyrinth of ducts, you make it into the safe house. We lower down from the ceiling. I lower down on a, on a rope. Where did that rope come from? Ha <laughs> ha, it's the future. Come with me. Once you enter the safe house, you see that it has been... Um, decorated in a very old-fashioned homey style with, you know, gilded frames, flower vases on top of tiny tea tables with lace doilies, a, an upholstered couch. There's a big, beautiful chiffarobe. There's a big, beautiful chiffarobe. There's a credenza. There's a china cabinet. There's with a breakfast nook. Yeah, there's a breakfast nook with, uh, you know, the remnants of this morning's waffle breakfast. It's it's really cozy in here. There's also a corner of the safe house that's just like corrugated steel and like a, a like a laser grid um, and like the like massive steel, like industrial crates. Uh, and I'm heading over there and I'm like, my stuff, my stuff. I know I've got the thumb drives in here for your digital disguise somewhere unless and I look at the camera. They were tampered with. 
<laughs> I, I wink with my dead eye. Let's hope not, though. I swear I wouldn't tamper with your things, babe. I'm not talking about you. You've been the picture of respect as my own living space has shrunk down to a tenth of what it once was. No, you've been an angel here on the future of Earth. Maybe I did it. And you see over in the corner in a bell jar is a sentient slime mold. You shut up. I pull a gun out at him and you hear the, the like the high pitched whirring as I've armed it. Just, oh, sorry. I thought you were an intruder. Gleep Glorp. Fucking do it. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. That would be too good for you, Gleep Glorp. You don't have the balls. That's right. I don't. They've been replaced. You love me. You love me too much to let me die. All right, we won't get into a riff about what replaced my balls. I do have a grudging respect for you, I admit it. But no, after what you did to my comrade, invading his brain. Nah, a swift death would be too good for you. He sucked. <laughs> You'll eat those words one day, Gleep Glorp. And I, I holster my gun. Pay no attention to Gleep Glorp, Begonia. He'll tell you beautiful lies to try to turn you against the resistance. Pay them no heed. His words are wind. V uh, crouches over the the top of the of the bell jar and and sprinkles some bonito fish flakes in to feed him. <laughs> Thank you. That's right, you little booger. You depend on us. <laughs> and you depend on me for emotional support. <laughs> in a way, he's right. Now, where were those thumb drives? You find them. Ah, here they were. They haven't been tampered with at all. Hmm. Do we want to make you look like a cyber assassin? Ooh. A future ninja? Or the little tramp himself, Charlie Chaplin? <laughs> oh, do the Chaplin one. Oh, we have outfits that coordinate with him and everything. Well, Begonia, what do you say? Begonia is immediately drawn to the Charlie Chaplin drive, but he hesitates and says, no, I have a job to do. Today's not the day for traveling to the future to save the sun I haven't had yet and also dreams of old Hollywood glamour. <laughs> I'll be the cyber assassin. My man, I was hoping you'd pick that one. Here, and I plug it into, I, I'm like looking for somewhere to plug the drive into on your body. Don't you have a future cyber implant? No, I'm from your past. Of course, you're from the present, whereas I am from the future. Hmm, would you mind if I plugged it into your soil? You can certainly try. All right, I'm, I'm gonna try this. Joe, what would I roll if I wanted to... <laughs> Plug a thumb drive into sentient plant soil to disguise it. Oberon, feels like you're going with your gut. That's going to be a feelings roll, my man. <laughs> All right. Lasers, lasers don't belong here. I'm making a feelings roll. While we're trying to figure out how this um, disguise might work with my dirt, uh, V, how long have you been here in the future? Your hair is so long. Oh, my hair was always long. You're just used to seeing it piled up on the top of my little head. I'm letting it go loose now. And she waggles her ponytail. Teacup smash. <laughs> yeah, like she's trying out for like a music video. <laughs> yeah. Don't dodge my question. How long have you been here? Don't you point your finger at me. I have been here for a year, and I should think it is obvious from my level of comfort with my bow, Oberon. 
fascinating. So you moved to this future where my people, my son, hunts you all down and you wish to stay? I pop my head up into frame and I'm covered in dirt. I say, I hate to break up the party, but we've got company. And that company is bad news. I failed my lasers roll, which means your thumb drive with your disguise is just covered in dirt. No other <laughs> change occurred. Ah, drat. It seems like angiosperms are doing pretty well around here. Can't I just pretend to be another one of them? And, and I grab you by what I assume your lapels would be. I say, and join up with them? They're a murderous regime. You know how much blood would be on you? pedals if you did that we may have a moment where it makes sense for you to whip off your costume dramatically and assume a role as a double agent but first you gotta put on a costume to whip off now try this on and v <laughs> presents you with one of her old handmade like debutante gowns with, like complete with amplify like hip amplifier and um multiple corsets it's true. V herself has had an effect here on the future. Debutantes are no longer out of fashion. They're considered all the rage. <laughs> all right, I'm a, a debutante. Yes. Ooh, ooh, now I have to come up with a debutante identity. So, first question, um, <laughs> what school of manners do you think you went to? Um, Madam Parsley's. Madam Parsley's, excellent choice. She is strict but fair. And the, the the next part of the equation? Well, what are you looking for in a bow? Oh, stability. Oh, excellent choice. And V, like, loops her arm through one of Oberon's metal arms and just kind of, like, nuzzles up to him. I cackle and smoke an enormous cigar. Ha <laughs> ha, begonia. You'll find your gentleman collar in no time with that attitude. <laughs> oh, me, oh, my. I certainly do. Do wish upon the star soul. Eh? eh? I've heard of the glass menagerie, but the grass menagerie? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! V walks over to Begonia and just primps, primps him a little bit, finishes his look off, and she's saying like, Now remember, the shrimp fork, you pick it up, you put it in the trash. You're not eating shrimp out here, okay? It's nasty. And... Make sure you put your, your napkin in your lap and make sure that you say, my, my, look at the time. Um, don't ever say you're going to the bathroom. Just say, look at the time. And then, you know, make your excuses and leave. Unfortunately, we can't dilly dally. And for this next word, I look directly at the camera and then back. Time is of the essence. I grab a rope from the ceiling and I swing out the breakfast nook, smashing the window. Let's go. Let's go. Oh me, oh my. Look at the time. I shoot a grappling hook back into our, our home base, and I grab the jar with the slime mold. I say, bleep glop, you're not getting off that easy. <laughs> if I die, you die. <laughs> you know I need fresh air every day. That's right. In my own strange way, I care for you. <laughs> I fucking knew it. And now, down the wet alleyway, we run. V once again uh, uh, is on her belly, scooting at like a dizzying speed. Yeah, you see, um, you see Begonia's like tips of his prehensile roots scuttling underneath of his big hoop skirt like a thousand spider legs as he glides across the alleyway, looking for a stable bow. Begonia, can you make a feelings roll for me? Yes. 
Uh, I got a six. That is a success. As you enter the alley and you dart across the street, you are for a moment taken aback by the blindingly powerful sun. You know, down here at the bottom of the world, the atmosphere is a little thinner. Ozone is a little thinner. And so that sun is a little less filtered and you really, mm, you, you are dying to photosynthesize it. Oh yeah. Oh baby. <laughs> but it's only a momentary distraction. You must continue with the mission. You dart across. Careful, Begonia. Eh? Don't be tempted by the hazy orange sky and the low, close sun of the future here in cyber Antarctica. If you're not careful, the murder drones will catch you. And, well, they'll murder you. And just then, from up above, a spotlight falls where you had been standing. <gasps> Begonia. It lingers for a moment and then moves on. Oh, that was a close one. God, it is really something, kid. It really is. This is really, really different than the rest of my day went. I have to tell you, this is like, what a, what a total 180. But be careful not to eschew caution. The daylight spotlight almost got you. <laughs> it is the middle of the day and a spotlight almost hit you. You say eschew once and Branson <laughs> makes it his whole fucking personality. It's just such a fun word. I'm not even like making fun of you. You just reminded me of this amazing word. I need everyone to make a lasers roll. Question. Massive failure. Success. I got a success. You're all running through the streets. You're all making your way. Begonia, you're following V and Oberon uh, through twisting alleys and darting across cramped streets as they lead you ever closer to this strange prison where your quarry awaits. You enter a crowded market street. All sorts of grimy, disheveled people shuffle their way to and fro. You try to squeeze your way past them, making your way ever onwards. But V, a hand grabs your shoulder. <gasps> you turn around. It's not a hand. It's a leaf. An angiosperm guard towers over you and says, Papers? Oh, yes. Let me just get off my, um, bosom, and I will fetch them for you. And, uh, as she stands up and kind of brushes the dirt off of her, off the front of her outfit, and her wheels retract, she's trying to, with her eyes, signal to Oberon. She reaches into one of her many pockets and pulls out her papers. Seeing that I'm being signaled, I'm going to try to create a distraction. I grab a piece of fruit from one of the local fruit vendors. And? Thinking quickly, <laughs> I chuck it at the angiosperm. <laughs> uh, make a, make a laser's roll. You got it, baby. Ha <laughs> ha! I got my laser feelings. Oberon, do you want to ask me a question? Yeah. Ooh, I don't have, like, a game for this guy for his questions. Uh, so I'll just ask you a real question. Where on him do I hit? I was throwing blind. You hit him square in the pistol. In the puss. Ha-ha! <laughs> right in the family jewels. <laughs> yeah, baby! That's gotta hurt. But wait a second! The angiosperm does not move. And then he bends down and picks up the fruit which we have not named yet, but was a peach. And he holds it up and he says, A drive-by fruiting? <laughs> Who has committed plant-on-plant -plant crime? The penalty is death! I think it was one of the angiosperm. It must have been. 
You're the only one talking. Sounds guilty enough to me. And he pulls a vaser. What? No! V is going to... She's going to karate chop the vaser out of its leaves. Make a laser's roll. Okay. <gasps> That's a failure. V, you go to karate chop the vine holding this vaser, but before you can, another vine wraps around and ensnares your hand. <gasps> no, we are not together! That's right! He fires at Oberon. Oberon, make a laser's roll to dodge. Oh no, I gotta make a laser's roll! I succeeded on my laser's roll. The vaser hits your metal arm. It pings off harmlessly. Ping! Ha-ha! I dive away from the laser towards him. I say, that's my girlfriend and we just moved in together. I'm, a I'm going to attack the man. I say, V, I love you, but you don't know karate. I don't! The angiosperm takes another vine and he goes to ensnare you, Oberon. It seems you'll be moving in together in hell. He lifts you both into the air. Uh, uh, oh boy. Uh, uh, Begonia uh, watches uh, like terrified. He knows he could absolutely rip this guy apart in seconds, but his disguise. Uh, uh, I Meanwhile, the whole crowd, remember this was a crowded market street, is uh, screams and they all run. They all run to avoid this, this fracas. Oh no, it's pandemonium in the marketplace. Panic in the disco. That's what I call a Hong Kong action set piece waiting to happen. Joe, with everyone fleeing, is there anybody like watching what's going on here? Or is it just like too chaotic? Yes, Chris, a bunch of the uh, market vendors are still sort of like, you know, they want to monitor their kiosks and their shops and their stands. So they're sort of like, you know, they're hunched behind counters. They're sort of like getting out of the way, but they're still, you know, there's still eyes on the street. Okay. Why the pickle salesman is in his very barrel. <laughs> All right, Begonia says, ah, screw it. And um, there's an eruption of, of thorny branches out of the frilly sleeves of the dress. Oh, why did I give him my nicest dress? As soon as you do this, Begonia, the guard that is holding your allies aloft sees you and immediately retracts and places them back on the earth and bows his flowery head. Oh, sir, I am I am sorry. I didn't see you there. Begonia uh, shifts his strategy immediately and flings the dress off. <laughs> I would never be so impolite as to complete a double execution in the presence of one who wears the colors of our king. You realize, of course, that this flower just has plain yellow petals. Mm. But you, of course, have the beautiful plumage of a blood terror. Yes. You imagine your son probably does too. I whisper to V, I say, V, the colors of the flowers, while meaningless to us, seem to hold some sort of significance to them. I don't understand it. Quite all right, soldier. I was merely conducting a <laughs> business of my own and is not your concern. Oh, I can get used to this. Away with you. Away. Away. I'm, I am so sorry for the interruption. Would you... Uh, would you like me to sacrifice my life force to you? I'll take your gun. I, okay, that, um, no, yeah, you can, you can have it. You can have it. I can have it. He, he kicks the gun to you. I can have it. Kick it. Come on. And, uh, Begonia, uh, wraps a little vine around the gun. Oh, it feels like home again. All right, thank you. That'll be all. 
All right, all right, goodbye. He releases your friends and runs away. Oh, we could have gotten an escort <gasps> if you want. It sounds like I can get away with whatever I like here in this future. <laughs> I just know that one of these days when I propose dressing up as a strategy, it's gonna be the right call. <laughs> <laughs> that was a close one. We almost got into a high-octane chase here in this market. I look up at a man who's using a ladder to stand 20 feet above the ground, and I say, You especially got lucky. I was going to use your ladder in a comic and exciting way, much like Jackie Chan. The man's ladder smashes to the ground, and he unleashes a Wilhelm scream. (laughs) Oh, that man is dead. Let's go. (laughs) V jumps into Oberon's arms and takes off with him. Uh, Begonia walks rather confidently. He's like, oh, we don't have to scurry anywhere. Uh, and then it's like, he remembers everything he was taught as a seedling on Hell's Eden. <laughs> but how they had to seed new worlds. That's why he joined the Vanguard in the first place. Did he actually seed Earth? Begonia, as you think about that, you look up and see uh, high above you, Along the walls of the tenements that line this cramped street, there are large propaganda posters, and you see an angiosperm dressed in the beautiful regalia of a of a generalissimo. He looks upward and forward, and his large <laughs> slogan reads beneath him, "Seed new worlds." Oh, yes. that's oh. I had, I had a, he's like trying to like find the other two. Like, it's like, I had a poster like that in my dorm room. But not of an angiosperm like this. You look at the angiosperm in this fine regalia and you realize he looks familiar. Why, he looks almost like a relative. Oh. Begonia, come on, try to keep up. You have a far off and ominous look about you. I don't like it one bit. We're going now to the ice house, which is a prison. Although it used to be a high school. And I look directly at the camera as I say, not much has changed. (laughs) Right, right, of course. I have to join you so that we can help cure my son. He looks back at the poster for a second. And then moves on. It's me, Tim Platt, and I'm recording an album. I ask my dentist to make my teeth like beak, teeth like beak. It's my very first stand-up album, and I need to pack out the house to get some of those laughs on record. But then my dentist, he make each tooth sharp like each tooth beak. It's Tim Platt's Teeth Like Beak, an hour of joy. The album recording at Union Hall in Brooklyn, New York on February 29th. There's an early show at 7.30 and a late show at 10 p.m., so you can come to both. You'll see an intimate show of musical comedy, absurd jokes, and maybe, for once, a little honesty. Go to the Union Hall website or go to my link tree at linktr.ee dot ee slash Timothy Platt. L-I-N-K-T-R dot ee slash Timothy Platt. And he won't give me a refund. No, he won't give me a refund. No, he won't give me a refund because I pay them in lap dance. It's on February 29th, and please, I need people to be there. You'll also have a great time. It's a great show I'm proud of, and I need some lead people. And I'd like some people to be there. And we're back. We see the ice house 
the foreboding prison that no resident of Ice City dreams of ever ending up. No, they only nightmare of it. A large sign out front reads, Shackleton High, and then that's all crossed out, and over it is written, The Ice House, Prison. A large basketball court has been converted into a place to store orange jumpsuits. No prison has ever had a basketball court. (laughs) And no high school has ever had a closet. They've been turned to cells at the ice house. (laughs) They've been turned into an indoor basketball court. Everything's topsy-turvy here. We walk past a line of wanted posters. Hey, there's some familiar faces on that poster. Why, look, it's Billy Onassis. That's it. Oh, yeah, I thought others would join in on the riff, but it's just Billy Onassis, the most wanted man in the world. <laughs> Next to him is a wanted poster for Trey Bien, but over it is a big sticker that says, Slain. <laughs> there's a poster for Gene Lime, but there's a big sticker over it that says, Forgiven. <laughs> bygones have been let bygones. <laughs> Begonia stops at a poster. No, not Father Sagittarius. I used to <laughs> go to confession once a week on the board of the ship. What could have happened to Father Sagittarius? A big sticker across his poster reads, Converted. What is an Irish computer? I guess it's just what it sounds like. A great idea. All right, let's get inside. I have a plan. Um, V inexplicably uh, squats and like kind of encourages her her comrades to huddle with her. While squatting, I'm still a big man. (laughs) And I'm a flower person. Don't forget. And I'm a sentient mold. (laughs) Quiet, Gleep Glop. I love you too. (laughs) Our language is our own. Uh, V, V leans in. All right. So I think I was mistaken. In, in encouraging disguise, I think we need to let your natural good looks, Begonia, work in our favor. I say you bring us in like you are bringing in prisoners. Yes. And that'll be how we get to this gentleman we're after. That's right. You can lead us directly to the groomed chair. So named because it was named after the person who experienced the most pain when they were being executed by it. <laughs> they- they executed Groomda here. That's right, they did. So badly and for so long that they renamed the electric chair after him. Fair was fair. I see. All the times people tried killing him before, they never tried electricity. But that's all it took. <laughs> all right, then. Act like you're, um, y- you know, you're, you're really mad at me, but you have to listen and I'll, I'll push you through. But they don't let you take sentient molds to prison. I will put you in one of my deep pockets, but you have to promise not to mouth off. Okay. Leap Glorp, this is the final test of your loyalty. If you speak up while we enter the ice house, you can ruin everything for everyone and ensure your own freedom. But if you stay quiet, you'll prove to me once and for all that you really are a friend. Listen, we bust each other's balls, but I'm not a frickin' narc. Ha <laughs> ha, Gleep Glorp. I knew I could depend on you. Let's go. All right, humans, march. Wink. 
uh, and you see you see two massive like four foot wide flower petals uh, wink over one of Begonia's bulbous eyeballs that hides within. I click a button on my temple and the neuro enhancers inside of me create digi-chains around my my wrists and ankles. I look to Vestavia and I say, if only your cybernetic implants took, you could do the same. But for now, I will look like the only one shackled. Oh, don't act like I don't have chains on me at any given moment. And V reaches into her one of her other pockets and uh, just spins expertly lassoes herself with uh, with chains. I give a knowing wink to Begonia. My baby's into chains. That's wonderful. Good for you. Never understood it myself. <laughs> what? I think sexual intercourse should feel all good. All of it should feel good. I don't think there should be any ironic uh, punishments or uh, pain involved. It should all just feel really nice. That's my thing. Then you never lived! Please stop discussing this inappropriateness and bring me to prison. All right then, march, humans, march. And march we do into the ice house itself. Begonia struts confidently behind them, uh, holding the gun that he got off of the officer in the marketplace. You walk confidently in the main entrance of the ice house. Guards along the pathway salute you. Begonia salutes back and he uh, holds back a little tear. V is wriggling uh, falsely against against the chains. Unhand me, you brute! Unhand me! My bow over here was just fixing to propose! And she looks at him, uh, she looks at Oberon, like, pointedly. I nod. Yes, fixing. <laughs> the myth. Or the truth. And I, in my pocket, I have a small flesh ring to go over my metal hand and a small metal ring to go over V's flesh hand. <laughs> Gross. Well, it's the future's future. I, of course, am very nervous because I understand the stakes of the situation. As we cross this threshold, this is the true test of Gleepglorp. Will he knock or will he remain silent like a true friend? The camera cuts to V's pocket. All is quiet. Except there are like a lot of teddy bears stuffed in there with Gleepglorp. The unmistakable din of teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> the sound of teddy bears is deafening. Childhood's noisiest toy. Quiet, fleshlings. There's very little to do here in the ice house, so that'll give you plenty of time to plan your dream wedding. Oh, I already have a book full of ideas. I mean, unhand me! I think to myself, Begonia's really taking to the role of oppressive prison warden. Strange. <laughs> I think to myself, I hope Oberon doesn't have very strong feelings on music. I'd hate to have another argument. There's a front desk, Begonia, and there's a there's an angiosperm, pale blue petals, you know, is there filling out paperwork. I think to myself... If I don't walk down the aisle to my bloody Valentine's Loveless, I'll throw a fucking fit. 
<laughs> I think to myself, if he thinks he's walking down the aisle instead of me, he's got another thing coming. I mean, obviously the groom has to walk down the aisle at one point, and that is not done in silence. He gets his own song. It's not the main event, but it is an event. <laughs> I have to agree. <laughs> the GM has to agree here. People don't stand, but it happens. <laughs> or maybe they do stand. I forget. It was a blur. No, they st they stand for the bride. Yeah, that's it, true. The day is a beautiful blur, though, isn't it? I wouldn't <laughs> oh, know. Oh, boy. I am as of yet unmarried. <laughs> <laughs> I have two prisoners here. Well, thanks for, thanks for bringing those animals in. Uh, what's the crime? Besides, uh, being made of flesh. <laughs> uh, they're, uh, uh, they're terrorists. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, just straight up terrorists. Um, and, um, you know what? I think if it's not too much trouble, hey, why don't we just go ahead and skip the formalities and get right to the groom to chair? No, not the groom to chair. I can't handle it much electricity. Nor can I. I fear that a trip to the groom the chair would prove fatal. Yes, that's the idea. That's very funny, but obviously, you know, it's a it's a it's a logistical nightmare to, you know, send someone to the groom to chair. You know, we have to go through appeals. It's a whole process. Uh, it takes years a lot of the time. Uh, but you can take them to the maximum security section, the band room. Ah, very well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for bringing them in. I didn't get your name. My name is. Aubergine, blood terror. Blood terror? Yes, isn't it obvious? I And he oh, gestures I, towards his gorgeous fucking petals. I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't, I just assumed you, you were part of the, you were part of, you know, the bloom. I didn't understand you were actually from the royal family, sir. That's no trouble at all. I like getting down in the nitty gritty of it all. You know, pushing a gun up into these flesh and skeleton things spines and making them walk whatever you want to and Oof. you know really and really appreciating the work that you're doing down here on the ground thank you thank you you know i've long dreamed of one day serving in the royal palace oh well what's your name my name is lilac iron maiden lilac iron maiden all right well i'll keep that in mind next time i see my cousin <laughs> uh, the band room is down the hall to your left and then you make a right thank you and as we walk down the the hallway i i, I whisper to v i say the band room there's no escaping the band room these were built years ago to keep the most dangerous kids separate from the others Begonia arcs one of his flowers off of his main body on a uh, prehensile vine and uh, another one that, like, he has one flower that can hear and one that can talk and he, like, pops it up in front of you while his main body is still marching from behind and he goes, I have no idea what the layout of this prison is. Are we going closer or further away to the room where we're trying to get to? Don't you worry, Begonia. We're not trying to break out. We're trying to break in so deep that we get the... Well, I'll let you find out when we get there. Okay. I trust you both. And hey, thanks for putting your trust in me. I know I seem pretty terror-ble right now. Blood terror-ble. 
Yeah, actually my concern is that you are getting a little excited about the power being handed to you and, you know, the dominance of your race and everything. I'm just gonna have to trust that you wouldn't get carried away with that, especially when you get the overwhelming feeling of seeing your offspring for the first time. Okay. V, where are your manners? This man is a guest in the future's future, as you once were. We have to have faith in him, because if we don't have faith in this man, we have nothing. And hey, listen, I'll admit, it looks really nice, but I have a feeling that once we cure my son, we can make this an equitable society that is run by my uh, excellent lineage. And if you have any problem with that at well, any time, and you see me as a threat, <laughs> you could just kill me, and it'll end this entire thing, you know, paradox style. Don't think we didn't consider it, but no, some things are beyond the pale. I exchange looks with V. Beyond the pale. Beyond the pale. This is clearly a thing between them that you will never understand. Well, I don't get it. Sometimes couples <laughs> have their little phrases. <laughs> Begonia, you can't help but notice how high the security is here at the ice house. There are cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. There are robot, like robot dogs. Robo dogs. Walking around with, with, you know, sweeping, with like sweeping <laughs> laser eyes. Eyeballs everywhere. Oh, no. They gave laser eyes to the robo dogs. You hear a rattling as you pass some lockers and realize each locker is being used as a cell. Ooh, that's cramped. It's only the dorks that are in there. Oh, okay. Free us! I'm missing Free us! us. Come on! It's good to see that some justice remains. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know they're my allies, but LOL. <laughs> you take a left and then a right, and you reach the band room. You enter. There's three armed guards outside. They nod and open the doors to let you in. It's a dimly lit space. Tattered posters of ancient musicians like Beethoven and Shania Twain line the walls. I look sadly at the Beethoven poster and then down to the corner where I see a multicolored apple, beckoning me to think different. <laughs> if only I could. This room is largely empty, but there's one prisoner. One prisoner in the corner shackled to the wall. It's a little hard to see who it is. There's only a small shaft of light from a skylight revealing some of his face. Could this be the prisoner you've been seeking out? I click an enhance button on my temple to try to get a better look at this character. Who do we see? You see a man with what looks like a really weird approximation of a human face with rigid hair going down into a mullet with shaved sides and he's got <laughs> an eye patch over one eye for some reason, and sleeves are torn off of what was an old Vanguard uniform, revealing one stripped down metallic arm and one crudely sewn on human arm onto a robotic chassis. Well, 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 if it isn't Begonia Blood Terror, how nice to see you again after so many years. <gasps> oh my word! Oh my heavens! That man is disgusting! 
<laughs> Who is this terrible creature I'm looking at? Using context clues, I can tell he's no stranger to you. V goes like, ee, ee, like rubs, rubs her eyes, smudging her, yeah, smudging her blue makeup. She lurches forward um, and lifts the chin of the man that just addressed them. The red count? Hello. V, so nice to see you again as well. I had no idea you were here. I didn't know you were who we were looking for. V throws her arms around Thread Count in a big hug. Yeah, it clonks and clacks. Her chains clattering harmlessly to the floor. <laughs> v, as you embrace your long-lost crew member, it occurs to you. You haven't seen him in some time because in your original present, Thread Count died. V pulls back. She's like looking up and down. You've changed, but it is you, isn't it? But how? Oh, I merely adopted the popular mullet style of the underground. And he gestures toward Oberon. No, 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 that's enough. I don't care about your robo-mullet. You are dead, Thread Count. I was dead. What exactly happened here? You'll have to wait a week to find out, for this episode is... To be continued. Hmm. What adventure lies next amongst, oh, these, those stars of space? Oh, these, those stars of space stars Allie Fisher, Branson Reese, Carly Minardo, Christopher Hastings, Tim Platt, and Joe Lepore as everything and everyone else. Oh, These, Those Stars of Space is edited by Sam Grant, designed by Joe Lepore, and produced by Joe Lepore at Bucket of Milk, with the support of our patrons and our rear admiral, Lucas Wagner. Our theme and additional music is composed by Huge Today. See you next time, Cosmic Voyagers, for another story from Oh, These, Those Stars of Space. Space.